Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. The Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice. We shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for a time of the study of the Word of God. And uh, we are handling the book of Matthew. And I want us to continue from there. And we left off, we finished chapter 11. And today I want us to continue with chapter 12 of our study of the book of Matthew, I pray. And hope that the Lord reveals his word to you also as we study. Because like we say, there is no limitation to the revelation of the word of God. He reveals his word to everybody who wants him to speak. If you want God to speak to you today, just ask him and he will speak to you. He will give you a message uh, that applies to your life. I want to continue with chapter 12. And it starts by saying, at that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And the disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. Um, sometimes you would think that since they are walking, they can't get hungry. Eh? Because uh, he's providing everything if they want to eat. I mean, with all the miracles that have been done in the land of Israel. There's no way you should feel hungry and start to eat uh, these heads of grain. But it happens, yeah? Because there were people, they were walking with Jesus who came here on earth as a person, a normal person, by the way, functioning in the normal way. He also used to get hungry. So they start to pick the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, they are not even telling the disciples. They tell Jesus himself, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful on a Sabbath. The Sabbath was a day of rest. Of course, this springs from uh, the seventh day of creation that, Jesus, that God uh, that tells us about the creation story. That on that seventh day, that which is also called the Sabbath, that there was a rest after creation. And uh, from the law of Moses and the instructions that are given to Israel as a nation at its uh, creation, they are told to observe the Sabbath. They are told to keep that day holy. They are told that on that day you do not work. Yeah, You are not supposed to do any work. Stay home and rest. And now, if people were going to obey this and understand what is meant by do not work on that day, they had to be given uh, what is defined as work. They had to be told that this is what we imply work is, and these things you should not do. Now, the Pharisees, as we know them, yeah, and uh, how strict they were, and how they decided to take on the mantle of leadership in religion, as far as uh, the things of God were concerned, they identified at least 39 actions that they said these are qualified as work and of these 39 actions you are forbidden to do on the sabbath 
because someone would just take it okay uh, if i'm go to i go to my farm and i dig then that is considered work no the pharisees took it a notch higher they said we are going to show you what exactly work is so in their books and in what they would teach the people of israel they identified at least 39 actions that the people of israel would know this is qualified as work hence on the sabbath we do not do this if it's part of these 39 listed. Now, of the 39 actions, that included reaping, it included threshing, it also included the winnowing of grain. And under these rules, when the disciples come out and when they're working with Jesus and they picked and ate some of these corn, ears of corn or grains of corn, they are guilty of those three that have been listed among the 39 actions by the Pharisees. So, the disciples in what they do, they are guilty of reaping, yeah, because they plucked the grain. They are guilty of threshing because they rubbed the grain to remove the husk, yeah. And thirdly, they are guilty of winnowing, which is separating the grain from the chaff. So, as far as the Pharisees are concerned. All these three that are listed among the things or the actions you do not do on Sabbath, these disciples have done. They've ripped, they've threshed, they've also done the winnowing. And in the process, this is uh, also considered that they have broken the Sabbath law. They have broken the Sabbath rules. And just taking even the, the entire process that they did is put into consideration of preparation of a meal. yeah. And on the Sabbath, that was forbidden also. You don't prepare a meal on Sabbath. You should do that way beforehand. And this they have done as the disciples of Jesus. So, according to their own rules, the Pharisees were justified because they set their rules if you're going to consider the rules that they've set, they have a point. They justified with what they set for the people of Israel to do. And they are clearly doing what is unlawful as far as the Pharisees are concerned. And uh, Jesus allowing them to do so also is something that they show that he's not a good leader. Yeah, because he has let them do that. You know, sometimes everything you do sometimes as a leader, it eventually, the, the things that your followers do have a direct uh, repercussion to you that they will call you either a good leader or bad leader. Now, as far as the Pharisees are concerned, since they are regarding that these men have broken the law, then they would regard Jesus as a bad leader. But now Jesus is not interested in their interpretation of the law. That's not what he's interested in. For him, he is placing human need and the issue that you need to feed people, that you need to feed the hungry as priority over the observance and the strict observance of the law that these Pharisees are setting up. For him, he is interested in the human need. He is interested in people not going hungry. He is interested... In, in, in the fact that you need to have the care for people. Because sometimes we will stick to uh, some of these rituals we've created. 
They may even be religious rituals or personal rituals that you've created for yourself. Yeah, uh, there are some things you do not do. There are some things you said me as an individual. That one, uh, I don't do. I I do not uh, go out and give money to people. I don't because there are rituals you've set for yourself. Yet you're forgetting the human need. You are forgetting the fact that you need to care for the rest. You need to care for the hungry because that's the gospel. As a gospel, we preach to care for the poor, to care for the hungry, to care for the stranger, to care for the people in prison. Yeah, And some of those rituals you might have to break, not even you might. You've got to break uh, so that you do the ministry that Christ has sent us to do. And now, the disciples, as far as the 39 laws of the Pharisees, are guilty as charged. And Jesus is among them. Now, when they tell that to Jesus... He says to them, have you not heard what David did when he became hungry, he and his companions? He entered the house of God, and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone. When we get back to read uh, as far as the law of Moses was concerned, and how they were told about the issues of uh, of 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 uh, the tabernacle and how they would handle issues of worship, it was very well known that it was only and only the priests that were uh, allowed to eat this bread because it was considered holy. And First Samuel twenty one gives us that story of David and what they did. And David answered the priest and said unto him, "Of a truth, women have been kept from us for these three days. When I came out, the vessels of the young men were holy." Though it was but a commonly journey, but how much more how much more then today shall their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but show bread that was taken from before Jehovah to put hot bread in the day when it was um, taken away. So this is the reference from first Samuel twenty one that's given to us about David, and when they went in and uh, ate that bread which is regarded. Holy. Now, that's what Jesus speaks out in reference and is telling these Pharisees, okay, yes, you do so much checks and balances here and there, but have you considered that? First of all, that was David. Did you condemn? Was he condemned by what he did? No, he wasn't. So why are you going to get the law and place it for some people and for some cases and then it does not apply? For the others, with the way they hailed David, they should have come out to criticize him for what he did, but they didn't. Now for Jesus, they are coming out. You know, you, you don't get some scenarios and let them favor others, and then the rest are criticized for them. That is fairness. That's a key with fairness. When people have done the same thing, but others are favored. Yeah, and we see that even today, that... People do the same thing, and the, some are favored, some are criticized. Jesus is bringing that issue here. He's saying, okay, what, 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 what do you have to say about the case of David? Even now, to even make it better. That is David. This is Jesus. This is the son of God. This is greater than David himself. If David had the right to do that, how about Jesus? Yeah, so it would not apply to him, because now for him, he's the son of God. Is way higher than David, and he's done that. And he goes on and says, him, All have you not read in the law 
that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent. Hmm? That is also brought into context. In the, in the temple, the priests would go on and carry out practices that are regarded as work because they would do the sacrifices on the Sabbath. They would go ahead and do the ministry that involved active work in the temple on the Sabbath. So Jesus is asking the Pharisees, how come you don't go to the priests who are in the temple and tell them that they are breaking the law? But they won't do that because the affairs that were being done by the priests, some of them were monetary. They involved cash. They they involved exchange of money. They involved exchange of uh, physical property. They involved exchange of things that are of value that they too as Pharisees would participate in earning. So there were clearly people who were interested in earning. They were interested in their own self um, satisfaction, yet they pretend. That's why he, they are always called hypocrites because they say one thing and do another. And Jesus now is saying, so when the priests are doing those things out there in the temple, for them, are they innocent? Now, why do you come here? So you would find that the description of the Sabbath and the things regarding the Sabbath would differ. People would always have their own understanding of the Sabbath and it was never a general consensus, but the Pharisees blessed theirs. They were stronger. They were le- much more of the leading power that was seen in Israel at that time. And for that case, they would bring their issues to be followed by everybody. But Jesus now is uh, putting, uh, like we normally say, piercing holes in their belief system and the things they say. And he tells them, but I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. He says, I am even greater than that temple where you worship, where you lead, where you have control. I am greater than the temple and I'm here. Yeah? But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion, not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. He's saying, I'm more considerate about love. I am more concerned about compassion than sacrifices. You know, you might do all sorts of sacrifices. You might do all sorts of uh, fasting. Let me even bring that. But as long as you as an individual, you do not have compassion, yeah, and you do all these sacrifices, then it's useless. He's telling them you might go ahead and cut all the goats in the land, all the bulls in the land in sacrifice, but you do not have compassion. Then I don't have consideration for you. You know, we, we can do all these holy gestures. We can do all these rituals that are considered spiritual. But if we do not have love within us, then it's nothing. If we do not have compassion within us, then it's nothing. What is compassion? It's that heart that goes out to the people who need the love. It is that heart that goes out to the poor. It's the heart that goes out to the hungry. It's the heart that goes out to the widowed. It's the heart that goes out to every single person that is seeking hope. And that's what Jesus is saying. That you might do all these spiritual rituals of sacrifice. But if you don't care for the people, then it's wastage. You might go out and fast the whole month. But if within your heart there's no compassion, then it's wastage. You might go out and do all sorts of things. 
that you regard uh, spiritual, but if you don't go out for the people who Christ needs you to go out for and show compassion, then it is wastage. And Jesus is concerned by that and is telling them, what I desire is compassion. Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, he says, Go ye and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Hmm? He desires you to have that mercy, not just to sacrifice that uh, this, this is what I did. This is what I did. You put out a whole list of the ritual acts you've done, but you do not have love. He's not interested in that. And that he tells the Pharisees here. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now he brings it to them that I who's speaking am the Lord of the Sabbath. That day which was given to you straight from the days of Moses. That day which was given to you to follow and observe straight from the time of the inception of this nation of Israel. I am the Lord of it. It started with me. It is me. I control it. I have authority over that day. So you're coming to preach to the owner of the day. That's what he's saying. I'm the Lord. I'm the master of the Sabbath. So do the things of Christ for that day. Have compassion. Care for the needy. Consider the, the weak. Consider the poor. And then you've fulfilled it. It's not just about the fact that you not go out to do any work. No. Do the things that the Lord of the Sabbath demands from you in the normal life. And then the Sabbath shall not have an issue because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. If you do the things of God, then it's okay because it is about Christ and he's the Lord of the Sabbath. Departing from there, he went. Of course, I know this is something that uh, really caused conflict with the, this, the, with the Pharisees because he says he's now the Lord of the day that they always treasure, the day that which they created 39 concepts of actions. He is the one who is in charge of that day. That must have brought a debate and discussion. You would wonder what was going on in their heads, how they walked back thinking and saying, how can this man say such words? And these are, these are some of the things that Jesus said that eventually they start to plot to kill him because they knew that this is now a problem. It's going to another level. How can he claim that he's the Lord of the Sabbath? So we have been preparing for him. So all these documents we've drafted are about him yeah, So everything we've done is about him. Yes, it was about him. It was all about him because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the rest. And in understanding the Sabbath from the point of rest, he's the Lord of rest. If you're seeking rest, then you need the Lord. If you're seeking rest, then you need Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no rest in life. You will struggle. You will work. You do everything. You lose hope. If you're seeking rest, Jesus has got to be part of it. And that is one thing that we need to know in the world today. That the rest we seek, Jesus is part and parcel of it. People who have Jesus, they will rest in trouble. People who have Jesus, they will rest in the storm. People who have Jesus, they will rest when the worst of all things is at hand. People who've got Jesus in their life, they will have peace. You'll go through trouble, but because he's with you, you'll rest. You'll go through pain, but because he's with you, you'll rest. There is rest in 
Jesus. Departing from there, he went into the synagogue. And a man was there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus, asking, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? The reason they're asking is not because they're interested in the well-being of this man. The reason they're asking is not because they have good thoughts and intentions for this man. The reason the Pharisees are asking is because they want to find a reason to accuse Jesus. Some people will ask questions showing as if they are concerned about you, yet actually they are seeking for you to be accused. They are seeking for you to be blamed. And that's what they are doing. They see a man who is suffering. They know that in that midst there is a power that heals. Of course, at this point, there is no doubt. They've proved that the miracles that are happening in the land of Israel and the things that Jesus is doing are genuine. Of course, they came out to uh, speak that he uses the power of Beelzebul to do whatever he's doing. But they knew that Jesus is healing people. And when they saw the man with the withered hand, they knew that Jesus can heal this man. But they were not interested in this man being healed because of selfish interest. It's like these guys would be like, okay, he's stealing the show from us. Everybody is talking about him. They're no longer talking about the Pharisees. And that was a concern. So, their great interest here is to see Jesus blamed. Yeah? So, they're asking him, is it lawful? And he said to them, what, a, what man is there among you who has a ship and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath? Will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a ship? So then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Jesus is telling them, if you've got your own animal, and in its movement, it falls into a pit. Do you leave it there because it's a Sabbath? Clearly, this had been done before, and people would pick out their animals from pits, even on Sabbath. So he's asking a question, being human and having some general understanding, that do you leave that animal in the pit? No, you don't. You always take it out. Now, he's asking them, how about a man? How about a, a, a person do you consider that person on the Sabbath? By the time you care about the animal that has fallen in the pit, how about a person? And he tells them that context of following Christ, all are good things. So if you did them on the Sabbath, it is still. You shall not be condemned. Now, healing a man is a good thing. Jesus says it is a good thing. So for that case, it's okay that it is done on the Sabbath. It is okay for you to do good things on the Sabbath. So, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And guess what? He stretched it out and it was restored to normal like the other. And this is the beauty. When Jesus tells you to do something, do it and wait for the result. Have faith and do what Christ says you should do. And you say, I don't know what the, you've been told to do. There's somebody out there who's saying today. And you've been told to do something. There's that voice in you, the Holy Spirit, that has told you to do something. And when you do that, there's a miracle. There is a miracle that is coming ahead. There's a miracle that is waiting for you. 
If this man is told to stretch his hand and he doesn't do it, you won't get healed. Jesus tells him, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and immediately this man was healed. And that's the beauty with Christ. He's got concern for you even when the rest don't. Even when the Pharisees are not concerned about the healing of this man, Jesus is concerned about his healing. Even when the entire world is not concerned about your well-being, I want to let you know God is concerned about your well-being. Even when everybody is laughing at you and they don't have concern for you, there is no compassion for you. I want you to know that God has got that for you. God is interested and you'll be well. And your work will be well. And your health will be well. Even when everybody is not wishing the well for you. It doesn't matter how many people are not wishing good for you. As long as God is with you and God has good intentions for you, everything shall be well. He tells this man, stretch out your hand. He stretches out his hand and his hand is healed. It's normal. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as how they might destroy him. They were not happy that this man is well. There are people who are never happy for the good things that are happening in other people's lives. They are just like the Pharisees. They were not happy that this man's hand is healed. They decide to go out and plot the killing of Jesus. How do we destroy this man who is helping others? Yeah, people who are out there helping and people are plotting to destroy you. You need to know that God's got you. God's got you. Do not fear. Do not stop doing good because there are people who are not happy with the good you're doing. Keep doing the good things. And they go out to plot destroy. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. And many followed him and he healed them all. People used to follow Jesus. But he would, he would never get tired of praying for them and healing them. And he warned them not to tell who he was. Of course, this one never came to success because every time he would heal, people would go out and speak and say what he has done uh, for their lives. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I'll put my spirit upon him and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out, until he leads justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. In his name, the Gentiles will hope. In his name, the Gentiles will hope. Romans 15:12. And again, as Isaiah said, there shall be the root of Jesse. And he that arises to rule over the Gentiles, on him the Gentiles shall hope. In the message of Christ, in the preaching that he came, the interest majorly starts with the Jew, but then it goes down to the Gentile. And that Gentile is you who might be listening to me today. That in you there is hope because of Christ. He did not just stay for the Jew, he also considered us as Gentiles and he has brought us closer and that's why we even preach we are preaching the power of a man who considered us as Gentiles and in him we hope. Father we thank you for your love and your mercy and we pray that you bless us, we pray that you prosper us, we pray that you help us lead the way that 
you want us to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com. 